0: Greetings family, this is Pastor Devin Miller and you are listening to Conversations with Pastor Devin Miller on Anchor.fm or coming to you from anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, I just thought I'd come on for a few minutes to give my take on this whole uh, Tyree Nichols uh, investigation into his death And how we are responding to it. First of all, I hope that everyone is okay. Uh, It's yet another black man, young black man, being uh, murdered at the hands of the police. But this one's a little different in many different ways. One, Tyree Nichols wasn't any type of criminal, nor was he any type of fugitive that was wanted by the police. That's number one. Number two, it happened in Memphis, Tennessee. Not that that's really any different because anywhere where there are black men walking the streets, it's possible that they may get accosted by the police for now what could be any reason whatsoever. Because from what we understand, uh, it was supposed to be, quote unquote, a routine traffic stop that turned into the death of a 29 year old black man. So that's what makes it different. Number three, when they approached the car, uh, it wasn't in a manner in which a positive outcome could even take place because uh, these so-called police officers uh, who are former police officers now, since they have been charged uh, in this case, came at the car as if this young man was wanted in 48 states and just happened to wind up in Memphis. So they approached the car like he had a weapon and had somebody kidnapped in the backseat of the car. With such aggression and with such force that was not warranted at a stoplight. Then the situation is that the people who stopped him was not a routine officer. It was not a routine couple of officers. It was an elite group called Scorpion, which was supposed to be an anti-crime unit, uh, which evidently had leeway to do whatever the hell they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it without check, without immunity, without impunity. Then what else was different? Well, unfortunately, because of what we know in our history, recent history, twenty first century history, that uh, anytime an officer pulls you over, anytime a an officer pulls behind you, your heart goes to your throat and you don't know what you have done, knowing that you haven't done anything, but Your mind will play tricks on you and will start thinking that you did do something. And such, I believe, was the case of Mr. Nichols because he got out when they pulled him out the car and they seemed not to answer the questions that he was asking in a very calm manner. He ran. Now, would I have ran? Would you have ran? If that happened to you, no one's to say. But if you're a young black man living in Memphis, Tennessee, knowing that maybe the police had a a lot of cases, open cases, where they treated black men and black people in general wrong, you might run too. So this young man ran because he wasn't too far from home. He left his car and started to run, which amped these officers to another level. One, in fact, tried to tase him and... Today, it was brought out, if you watch the news today, Monday, January 30th, 2023, it was brought out that he was put on paid leave or put on leave or discharged or something because he tased him, not just because he tased him, but because he said, I hope they stomp his ass. And I'm going to get to the differentiations in that in a moment, but Let's keep going because you may have saw the video, but you may, it may have been too graphic for you to catch the commentary. And so once they finally caught this young man who was what they say was 40 to 80 yards away from his home, they started to beat the crap out of him. But wait a minute, we don't even know what he did. We don't know if he did anything, but what we do know is they stomped him, they kicked him. They hit him with a baton. And by the way, all this was done while he was handcuffed. He wasn't resisting arrest. How can you resist arrest if your hands are behind your back? And so they beat this young man and then they left him on the ground, handcuffed, beaten within an inch of his life with no medical attention given to him. Not by the officers who beat him, not by the other officers who showed up, not by the medical people, the EMTs from the fire uh, department didn't do anything. They waited until an, an ambulance came with paramedics. But haven't we heard that officers are trained to do basic medical when they to give basic medical attention? Haven't we been taught that EMTs uh, on fire trucks are, taught and trained to give medical attention. Haven't we seen that on enough movies to know that when someone's injured, that the first thing you are to do is render aid, but that didn't happen. And so he literally was dying in custody of the police and the beauty of it all, or the tragedy of it all, depending on how you want to look at it, is that it was all caught on video. Not the video of the police officers, not the video of passerbyers or bystanders, but the video of the Memphis Police Department in that area. They had what they call a station cam or whatever that uh, they put these uh, mock cameras up or not mock cameras, but they put these video cameras up in high crime areas. Now, could this be that because that camera was there, hypothetically in their mind, they thought they were beating on someone who had sold about $30,000 worth of drugs? I don't think so. The boy was only 150 pounds wet, and he liked skateboarding. So I don't think he was a threat to society. So what was it? I don't even know if we'll ever know why. This young man was stopped in the first place because the audacity of some of the officers when they are called to, I believe, uh, their first trial date on tomorrow or next week, somewhere in there, or three weeks, I think they said, they're pleading not guilty. (laughs) You got to love America where someone who knows they done did something, know it's on video, got the audacity to say not guilty. When we can see that there was no officer that was not involved that had a hand in killing in the killing of this young man, you're going to have the nerve to say not guilty. So that's what's been on the news. This happened January 7th, but uh, the charges have been brought and the video had been released and if you haven't seen it, and what I've described, you would think that we are talking about white officers on a black man. Well, newsflash: this happened in Memphis, Tennessee. This happened under the watch of a black police chief who happened to be a woman. No, no disrespect to her being a woman. They ain't got nothing to do with it, but she's a black police chief. These were black officers. That beat another black man. So my question for this podcast is like I questioned one before. What the hell is going on in America? And specifically black America. Because this description is what we're used to hearing or hearing about with white officers dealing with black people. And somehow the black people did something wrong. But this young man did nothing wrong. They claimed, now that I recall, they claimed that he was driving sporadically. That has no bearing on why you beat this man within an inch of his uh, within an inch of his life and then he dies subsequently 3 days later in the hospital. So his funeral is tomorrow. 31st of January, 2023. Al Sharpton is doing the eulogy. Ben Crump is the attorney for the family. These names sound familiar, don't they? Now, I'm not saying that they're not justified in being there, but isn't it interesting that every high profile case that has to deal with black men and police, these two show up. Now, I ain't got nothing against them. But I always often ask the question, what happens after the cameras go away? What do these people do with the families, with the community, with us as a culture? What do they do to help us deal with this? Because our mental health is at question now. What, what do, what's going on in our minds? Are we becoming so numb and so, so used to at some point in a month or a quarter or a year that we're going to hear at least one case of someone black being beat at the hands of the police or killed at the hands of the police. And yet I don't hear anything coming from the Ben Crump and the Al Sharpton and all the other so-called leaders on how to help us cope. With this type of stuff, you definitely don't hear anything coming from our major leaders within the church. Even our local national pastors, you never see them at any of these vigils. Like I said, Al Sharpton, Ben Crump. Back in the day, used to be Jesse Jackson. But where are other pastors, our prominent pastors, that are saying that they are the voice of God in situations? Where where are they? Where where are the Joel Osteen's? Where are the the uh, Creflo Dollars? Where are the the televangelists? Why aren't they saying something about these situations? Why don't they go to these cities and rally the churches together to help these families and these communities that have have been been uh, 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 terrorized mentally by these situations, what are we doing to heal their souls? That's my question. Are we just watching it on TV and spectators just like everyone else? Well, you might say to yourself after hearing me say that, well, Devin, what are you doing? Devin doesn't have a major church. Devin doesn't have 20, 30,000 people that follow him. Devin doesn't have the ability to call anybody. Devin just has a little podcast on F- anchor.fm. Devin just has a small ministry on YouTube. But yet and still, I find some kind of way to speak out and, and try to bring awareness to what's going on in the chaos of our community. But I'm just one voice that happens to be a Pastor. Where are the other pastors? Where are the other spiritual leaders? Where is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? You can speak on your own platform, which you have thousands upon close to probably millions of people that follow you, but why don't we see you at these situations? Not taking anything away from Al Sharpton, but why is not this a rallying cry for our community when these things take place? And most importantly, where are the other black men that are coming together to make sure that our young black men don't even put themselves in a situation like this, even though Tyree Nichols didn't put himself in a situation? What are we teaching our young men? Because anger and uh, uh, rage can really build up when these things continue to happen as they continue to happen. Police officers are on guard. Communities are on guard, black men are on guard, black women are on guard, old, young, rich, poor, it doesn't matter, it's your skin color that matters. But the real sad part about this is that black officers did this. And justice was swift. And they were fired, charged and arrested within weeks. But we know of cases that are still open of other black young men that have been killed at the hands of the police and the police and the police officers were exonerated, that it was what they did was justified. Wasn't no shots fired back. Wasn't no, you know, cops being killed in the, in the midst of accosting an an African-American young man. No, no, none of that. You ever heard none of that? Eric Garner didn't, didn't kill nobody when he was being killed. Trayvon Martin didn't kill anybody, although he, he, he tried to beat George Zimmerman. He didn't kill nobody to be killed. Michael Brown didn't kill anybody to be killed. Yeah, he went to a store and he knocked over some stuff and he he, he came off, you know, kind of intimidating to the store owner, but he didn't kill nobody. George Floyd didn't kill nobody. Oscar Grant didn't kill nobody. Uh, Sandra Bland didn't kill nobody. Oh, she may have threw her cigarette at somebody, but she didn't kill nobody. None of these people who have died at the hands of the police ever killed a police officer. But yet the police officer killed the person and it was justified and they were white. But these brothers beat a man half to death and he dies in the hospital and they swooped up like I don't know what. We can call that justice. We should call it justice because that's what we that's all we ever wanted in any other situation. But then my question becomes: Why are we protesting? Why are we on? The, why are we on the street protesting? What are we protesting for? See, we're supposed to protest when we're not getting when we're not getting justice. But we're protesting, and we got justice. It takes away the sting of protesting. I don't care if it's peaceful or if it's violent. I don't like it when it's violent. Because that means the people who are protesting didn't do their homework and who was walking with them. They just said, whosoever will, let them come. But true protests are organized, not organized just in the front where the cameras are, but they're organized throughout the 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 routes. They're organized throughout the people. They're given strict orders. As a matter of fact, if you understand the civil rights movement, they were trained to protest. They just didn't pick a date, got a sign and put a shirt on and said, come on. But because it's sensationalism and because the cameras will be there if you do that, all of us want our 30 minutes of fame. See, it would have been better to me, in my opinion, since this is my podcast, I can give my opinion. It would have been better if we didn't protest. And we watched the justice System play itself out, even though they are black. See, because they weren't black men when they were beating on the black man. They were police officers. They were the boys in blue or the boys in black. And we know who have been in this struggle for a minute. We know that sometimes when you join that force, you don't get to stay who you are. You have to become who they are. And these five and counting black men exemplified what happens when you join the boys in blue. You lose yourself. Because the question was raised, if this was a white boy in the car, would they have done the same thing? And in fact, there is video of a white boy who went crazy with the police. And the police tried to wrestle him down and arrest him. And this white boy even pulled a gun, pulled one of the police officers gun. And I believe shot one of the officers. And you know what happened to him? No, you don't know what happened to him because it didn't even make the news. Just like the young man who shot all those folks in the church. And they took him and got him a burger before they took him to the police station. Would those black officers acted the same way if it was a white young boy in that car? Would they have beaten that white boy to death? I think not. And so I'm not on here tonight to give you any answers. I'm really posing a lot of questions because we need to ask these type of questions as we go into 2023. This is one day. Well, it happened January 7th, the right at the beginning of the new year, we're talking about it towards the end of the first month going into the second month, which happens to be African-American history month. What a part of our history. To start off with the death of yet another black man, but this time at the hands of us. What does that say for the work that we need to be doing in our community? Just some thoughts. If you want to get in touch with me and talk to me about this, hit me up on my email, devinlmiller65 at gmail.com. Leave a comment here on this section. if you After you listen to it, tell me what you think. There's a QA and a that follows after the broadcast. Let me know what you think. We need to create and start a dialogue. I'd be more than happy for those who email me and want to discuss this to do a broadcast on our YouTube channel, Clear Faith Christian Ministries channel, and talk about this because we need to talk about this, not just from a community activist perspective. But from a church and spiritual perspective, how are we doing when we consistently see forms of these type of situations happening in our community, to our community, and now by our community? Follow the story on CNN and all the major stations, cable stations. Make a comment wherever you can, if you have a thought about it. But if you don't, then the question is, why not? Even though it didn't happen to you, maybe it didn't affect your family. Maybe it didn't even affect your community. If you are black living in America, it affects you. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. This has been Pastor Devin Miller. You have been listening to Conversations with Pastor Devin on anchor.fm. If this has been a blessing to you and made you think, like I said, hit me up on my email. Let me know. devonellmiller Miller, 65 at gmail.com. Until next time. Peace.